It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The top stories. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Minister says key post holders in statutory groups and at public utilities may have to swear allegiance to the Hong Kong government. Customs officials make the largest seizure of the drug ice ever in Hong Kong. And the Health Secretary says the seven doctors accused of issuing COVID vaccine exemption certificates without proper medical consultations had humiliated the medical profession. The Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Minister says that in future, key post holders in statutory groups and at public utilities may have to swear allegiance to the SAR government. Sean Kennedy has more. Eric Chang told a radio programme that the authorities are reviewing the oath-taking policy to uphold the basic law and swear allegiance to the SAR. He said detailed proposals will be made later, but there's no timetable on the matter. He said the most important thing was to comply with the principle that patriots rule Hong Kong. Currently, civil servants, district council members, as well as government teachers are among those who need to swear allegiance to the SAR. Mr Chung also said the government doesn't plan to hold by-elections for district councils, but would focus on the LegCo by-election in December and the village representative polls in January. Customs officials say they've made the largest methamphetamine trafficking bust in Hong Kong's history, seizing $1.1 billion worth of the suspected drug in Kwai Chung. More details from Frank Yong. Officials said they found 1.8 tons of suspected liquid meth concealed in a consignment labeled as coconut water en route from Mexico to Australia via Hong Kong. Fong Hyun Wing from the Customs Department's Drug Investigation Bureau said intelligence reports had indicated that a large amount of meth would be passing through the city. He added that the shipment, which came alongside other goods, had raised suspicions as it was unusual to have cargoes of coconut water from Mexico. Customs officials found the suspected drug during an inspection at the cargo examination compound last Sunday. They said no arrests have been made in Hong Kong, but they believe a transnational syndicate was behind the operation. Technology Minister Sun Dong has described the response to the first local recruitment drive for the country's manned space program as encouraging after officials received 120 applications. Professor Sun, who's in charge of selection in Hong Kong, says more than half of the applicants came from the fields of biology, medicine and engineering. During the next phase of the recruitment process, the government will collect the health information of the hopefuls and their families and conduct assessments with the hospital authority. Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says seven doctors accused of issuing COVID vaccine exemption certificates without proper medical consultations had humiliated the medical profession. Violet Wong has this report. Speaking after an RTHK program, Lo Chung Mao said more than 2,000 out of about 20,000 people who were earlier issued with the certificates by the seven doctors have now been vaccinated. Professor Lo said this proved they had no reason to be exempted from inoculation. He also defended the vaccine pass arrangement, saying the COVID situation has eased because people have been inoculated and the vaccine pass policy is enabling life to return to normal. Asked why the government has not yet scrapped the three-day medical surveillance for inbound travellers, the minister said they need to monitor COVID subvariants. Chief Secretary Eric Chan says he hopes some 2,800 un- 
800 underprivileged secondary school pupils taking part in a scheme targeting intergenerational poverty will make good use of the one-year programme and equip themselves. Mr Chan spoke as he officiated at the launch ceremony of the Strive and Rise programme. Participants will each be paired with a mentor and take part in different training sessions and group activities. Mr Chan also encourages them to give back. After a year, when you've all graduated from the scheme, you'll join what we call an alumni club in order to maintain and expand social networks. Of course, we want everyone to be able to take part in volunteer work and we look forward to having you as our mentors in a few years' time when you grow up to help others in need. This is how Hong Kong can become a society that helps and cares for one another. Health officials have reported 5,383 new COVID infections, including 372 imported cases. Eight more patients with COVID have died. To the weather forecast, it'll be fine and dry, with temperatures in the region of 23 to 30 degrees and moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook, windy, and there will be swells next week and a few showers even midweek. Currently, the observatory, 25 degrees Celsius, humidity 65%, and please be advised the yellow fire danger warning is currently in force. You're listening to RTHK, the time's five minutes past 11. Oxfam Hong Kong says Trail Walker, one of Hong Kong's signature outdoor trekking events, will be back next year. The organiser says it's received government approval to hold an in-person race in February next year with up to 600 teams or 2,400 participants allowed. Those taking part must hold a blue health code at least two weeks before the day of the event. They're also required to present a negative PCR test result within 48 hours, as well as pass a rapid antigen test on race day. More cyclists can register to take part in the Hong Kong Cyclothon following an overwhelming response after applications opened today. The Tourism Board, which co-organises the event in December, says it's raising the quota of participants to 5,000 from the original 3,000. Participants need to pass a skills test to join the event. They must also be triple jabbed and produce a negative PCR test result two days before race day and they have to pass a rapid antigen test on the day of the event. (coughs) Turning overseas, a former Afghan general says trained commandos who once served in the Afghan army are being recruited to fight in Ukraine and Syria. General Ahmadi told the BBC middlemen have been offering attractive financial packages to former soldiers and generals. Unfortunately, these reports are true and former Afghan commandos are fighting in at least six places in the world where big powers are competing, including Iran, Syria, Nagorno-Karabakh, Ukraine and Russia. In some cases, they're fighting on both fronts. Four women and 13 children who were family members of defeated Islamic State fighters have been repatriated to Australia after spending years in dilapidated Syrian detention camps. The BBC's Simon Atkinson reports. The group was freed from the Al Roj camp in northeast Syria after a highly sensitive operation between the Australian government and local officials. After arriving in Sydney on Saturday, the women said they'd regretted the trouble they'd caused by travelling to Syria after the formation of Islamic State in 2014. The father of one of the women said their priority was getting the children into school and integrated into the local community. But the mothers will be interrogated by police amid fears they've been radicalised. Criminal charges haven't been ruled out. 
The coronation of the new Zulu king, Mizuzulu Kazwelethini, has been taking place in the South African city of Durban. The government-backed ceremony follows his traditional coronation in August, when the new king hunted a lion as part of rituals to certify his kingship. This report from the BBC's Nom Samaseko. The Zulus say, Lipumile ilanga gwa Zulu, which loosely translated means the sun has risen on the Zulu nation. Dressed in traditional garb, leopard skin, colorful dresses and beads, thousands of people started arriving in the early hours of this morning to witness the coronation of King Misuzu Lugazwelitini. This will be the first government-backed coronation of a Zulu king in 50 years. Sports now in football, where Manchester City have overtaken Arsenal at the top of the English Premier League after they beat Leicester 1-0 at King Power Stadium. Kevin De Bruyne's stunning free kick was enough to seal all three points and take them above the Gunners, who host Nottingham Forest tomorrow night. Baseball now and JT Real Muto belted the game-winning home run in the top of the 10th inning as the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Astros 6-5 in Game 1 of the World Series in Houston. The Phillies, who are the last National League team to qualify for the playoffs, erased a 5-0 deficit against Houston's two-time CY Young award-winning pitcher Justin Verlander to hand the Astros their first defeat of this postseason. The Astros, who are in the World Series for the fourth time in six seasons, will host Game 2 tomorrow. At the Women's Rugby World Cup in Fongeray, France outclassed Italy 39-3 to book a semi-final place against New Zealand, who crushed Wales 55-3. France have formed against the Black Ferns and beat them heavily twice when the New Zealand side toured Europe last November. Tomorrow's quarterfinals pit England against Australia and Canada against the United States. England captain Sarah Hunter is set to become her country's most capped player and the most capped woman in the sport's history, with 138 international appearances when the Red Roses take on Australia tomorrow. Probably one of the motivators to want to carry on out here. It's just like a way of life, isn't it? And to have the first Women's World Cup in the Southern Hemisphere in New Zealand, I was like, that, that's too much of a carrot not to, not to try and get to. It's also a big day for men's rugby. This afternoon, Japan hosted the All Blacks in Tokyo, but the tourists were unconvincing in their 38-31 to win. And that's the news from RTHK.